right up here. Um, I have discovered today that four sermons is an epic event, and I'm not quite sure how Brian does it, but I, you've kind of got the last of me. So hopefully we save the best to last, um, which means my humor is also kind of falling off the cliff a little bit. So um, yeah, I'm Mark. I'm one of the elders here at Rehope. I'm based down in the south side. Um, uh, yeah, Ooh, Molly, there we go. And I'm here this morning, to, well, this morning, here we go, this evening uh, to talk about joy. Uh, I've also been told off a couple of times because when I was here earlier, I walked off the carpet. And supposedly that's a no-no for the screen team. So apologies to people who are watching this morning. Um, I am a, here we go, huge fan of Christmas. I love all the traditions that go around it. And I'm going to share a couple of them with you today. So 1st of December is kind of a big deal in my household. It's hilarious. You can't actually see because the lights are so bright. You are out there. There we go. Um, 1st of December is when the tree goes up. And for my family, if the tree goes up before the 1st of December, that's really a big no-no for God. God doesn't light the tree up before the 1st of December. That's a joke. In case you missed it, God loves you. It's fine. Um, And if you put it up after the 1st of December then you're missing precious Christmas tree time and you've not actually got the most of that tree before it kind of wilts towards the end of the year. So that's the first tradition for me, tree up on the 1st of December. Now I'm slightly OCD, so when we put the tree up in my house, we line up all the bobbles on the floor to make sure they're kind of getting bigger. This is just me. There's no sign of life. Um, And just to make sure, because I got told off by my wife one year that we didn't put the big decorations on first so the tree looked a bit wonky. I'm not quite sure what that even means, but uh, it looked a bit wonky. Um, So first thing, Christmas tree. And in the background for me, it has to be white Christmas on the TV. Anybody a white Christmas fan? No? Yeah, there's one. Okay. Thank you for coming. Um, The second tradition that is big in my household is the mission that involves writing Christmas cards. Um, I love writing Christmas cards. Despite my youthful good looks, I'm pushing 35 and supposedly it's quite unusual to write Christmas cards now instead you write a text or send a tweet or some kind of tumblr I don't know I've lost track of the tech side of things Um, but I love Christmas cards and I kind of have this unspoken competition with myself that in my workplace it's the first cards I do and I work in a high school as you may have noticed by the flapping hands that are going on at the moment and we have all these really ancient kind of pigeonholes that you put your mail in Anybody still have them at work? Yeah, so in my head, it's, it's like a competition. Who can get them in first? Slight overachiever. Sorry about that. Um, so on the 2nd of December, I went into work with my 17 Christmas cards, shot them in all the pigeonholes, and waited to see if I would be first. Nobody else has given a Christmas card yet, so I definitely won. Um, then we get onto my wife's cards, um, which are not as important to me, but I'm sure it's a big deal to her. Then the church cards. So I've now moved to Southside, which means I have far less cards to write, which is a great thing. Um, Royston, you guys have got it right now. Not so many cards. And then finally, we realized in my household that we haven't done any of my family and have to go back to Tesco to get some more cards. (laughs) Desperate times. Um, Other Christmas traditions I love is Christmas movies. So top ones for me, Elf. That kind of baby it's cold outside moment where she's in the shower and he's sitting just singing away. Christmas magic. Um, Polar Express, which seems to polarize people slightly. Um, Some love it. I don't really rate Tom Hanks as a kind of animated character, but uh, each to their own. But the one that I like most, and maybe this might not work because you guys seem a lot younger than the other locations, um, Santa Claus the movie, as in the one with Dudley Moore as an elf. 
anybody seen it at all. Yes, right. It's just like Christmas gold. And I can't explain why, but it's just a glorious thing uh, for me. But the key thing is when you're watching Christmas movies, you have to watch them on the TV because if you don't, you miss all the Christmas adverts. Well, there you're with them, right? Christmas adverts are a good thing. Yes, you're the person I can see, so I'm going to pick on you all the way through. Um, Christmas adverts for me that works. John Lewis, Dragon Melts Everything. Adorable, cute. Um, other Christmas adverts I've seen this year. Oh, holidays are coming. Holidays are coming. And you get that, oh, is it real thing? And it's like, if you could inject Christmas spirit in a song, that just does it for me. Um, but there is an ongoing battle in my house. And Royston, you may have heard this already, so I'm going to make sure you vote correctly. Um, and it's to do with three movies in particular. Let's see if we can pop them up. Ah, here we go. Now, somebody told me that Home Alone isn't a Christmas movie. I'm going to pray over you guys later. Um, these are the three. And in my house, there's three members of my family that all passionately disagree about which of these is the greatest Home Alone movie. Have most people seen Home Alone? Yes. Okay, that's cool. Um, one member of my family thinks that Home Alone 1 is the greatest. The second member of my family thinks Home Alone 2 is the greatest. And the interesting member of my family thinks that Home Alone 3 is the greatest. Now, I'm a teacher, so I need a little bit of group participation for today. Um, so, we're going to do this as a vote, because actually, the body of Christ can help me overcome all my obstacles, right? So, um, I'm going to say them one at a time. When I say the movie that you think is the greatest Home Alone movie, I need you to stand up. We can do this, right? Yeah. Shagan, you're up for a bit of standing up. Fab. I'm going to make sure you vote the same as you did this morning, okay? Um, so if you think Home Alone 1 is the greatest of the Home Alones, please could you find your feet? Oh, we are consistent across the board in all the locations. That's great. Thank you very much. Bless you. Um, if you are that person that thinks actually talking to a pigeon lady in New York is a good thing and Home Alone 2 is your favorite, Please stand up. Oh, that's good. There's nothing wrong with being, being, the what scene? Oh, it's true, the paint scene. Okay, thank you. You're wrong, but it's okay. Um, And finally, if you are this unique breed of human being that thinks that Home Alone 3, the one without Macaulay Culkin, is the greatest Home Alone movie, you can stand now. I can't see the balcony. Anybody going for it? Oh, there we go. Nope. I think it was, was it John this morning was the one person that stood up for this one? Bless him. Thank you. So, this is how I fight my battles. So, my wife thinks that this is the greatest Home Alone movie of all time. She's now being shamed in four services. And I think Home Alone 1, original and best, is the one. So, thank you for your participation. Um, But, you know, as I walk around and look at the traditions, as I watch all the adverts, And I see some of the ideas and phrases. There's a lot of consistency over the Christmas period. And to be honest, half the words that come up, I have really no idea what they mean. Noel. Now, I think Noel is something from the Great British Bake Off. Noel Fielding. He's very important. Um, Yuletide is some kind of log, I think. Um, Enix Chelsea's Dale. We've got one Latin teacher in the room. She might be able to help us out a little bit with that. But for me, it's something I don't really know much about. But then there are other words. Um, which we know, um, which are more kind of important. Words like joy, peace, hope, light. The great makings of an Advent series. You should try that. Um, but there's a problem. They've become nearly as familiar as the other words. Um, they've become part of the Christmas background noise. Um, they've become cliched or buzzwords. Um, they've lost their power and often lose their meaning and their significance. 
so today I am here to rebrand the church Rejoy. We're going to change it on the light box at the front. We're going to change it on all the paraphernalia. Um, definitely the Bible read-through stuff. Um, but I've also been told this morning by the South Side that Rejoy is bad grammar. So we're going to call it Rejoice instead. Um, today I want to look at what true joy is. Um, I want you to think about a time when you experienced true joy. Um, maybe it was a time when your football team finally won the league after years of waiting. Keep waiting, Shagan. Keep waiting. Um, maybe, oh, has anybody watched I'm a Celebrity? Yeah, a, oh, yes, Iona does. Um, when Harry Redknapp was crowned king of the jungle, maybe that was your moment of joy. No, maybe, okay. Um, any Strictly fans? I'm a huge, anyone not seen the final last night? Yeah, if you don't want to hear the result, I would close your, eye, close your ears right now. So, when Kelvin and OT finally lifted that Strictly trophy, the joy that filled me was just oh, spectacular. Um, but there's one thing that gives me more joy than anything else. I'm a teacher, as I may have mentioned once or twice, and I run something in my school called the Duke of Edinburgh's Award. Anyone know what the Duke of Edinburgh is? Yeah, there's one. Uh, Duke of Edinburgh's Award is a method of torturing young people to make their life fairly miserable um, so they get a sense of achievement at the end of it. Um, and it's my job to help create the torture. Um, and one of the things that is great about Duke of Edinburgh is you spend five days walking by the time you get to gold. And you're normally walking with a backpack that's about twice your size and twice your weight, um, which gives you spectacular blisters on your collarbones. You have to put lots of compedes on your feet because of the blisters from your boots. Um, and then we're going to give you the most amazingly slow stove called the Trangia that will take literally about four hours to cook a super noodle. So you guys are nodding. You, you know this experience quite well. Um, and then we're going to make you rock in the rain, five days, no shower, no hot water, and just because it's character building. Yes. I love it. Um, and how this works is you get to the end and then you see me happily smiling, beautifully washed, pressed, caffeinated, sitting at a minibus to take you home. Um, but the thing that, I think that gives me joy more than anything else is that moment just before everybody collapses in an absolute pile at the minibus. Um, you see that moment of we've done something that we never thought we'd ever get through our entire lives. And that's, for me, that moment of achievement is the joy. That's a bit I love and that's what fills me with more joy than anything else. The second uh, thing that fills me with joy is I have a little nephew. His name is Luke Emmanuel Hughes. He's about this height. He is three and he is terrifying. Um, he loves to worship. He sent me um, a video message of him singing Waymaker, which was kind of appropriate because we've been singing it today. And it was at the top of his lungs. I feel for my brother who's like the quietest person ever. And he was running around the living room shouting Waymaker and he just loves dancing and singing to worship. That's his thing. And when he does it, it's like volcanoes erupt with rainbows. That's the only way I can describe it. It is craziness galore, and it is wonderful, it's amazing, and utterly exhausting. Um, but you cannot doubt the joy that he's having at that moment. He's just praising away. I, I, I'm convinced that he knows what he's doing, but he's praising away. Now, uh, today I'm going to talk a little bit about joy. We see it everywhere. We see it on wrapping paper. It's in shop windows, even on some houses. If you walk up my street, it's like glitter fest. Um, and I realized, and as we talked about it earlier, not everyone is feeling joy this Christmas. As you can see, as um, Alan described me in Royston, he says, you're like a joyful tigger. I don't know if that's a, a compliment or not, but I'll, I'll take it for the moment. Not everybody's feeling joy this Christmas. Your year might not have gone the way you planned it. Maybe uni didn't go quite as well as you hoped. 
Maybe jobs didn't pan out. Maybe relationships didn't work out the way you'd hoped. Um, and you're just not feeling joy. And that is absolutely okay. I'm not here to say you must feel joy. That's a little bit scary. Um, what I am here to tell you is that joy, there is joy in the Christmas message. And it's not a cliche. And it comes from the Bible. And that's what I'm kind of here to kind of share a little bit on. Um, let's look at the Bible, talking about that. So Luke 2. There we go. Um, this is from the Christmas story. I bring you good news that you will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You see, Christmas is a time of true joy. Not those joy sold in the John Lewis adverts, as cute as they are. The Bible says that with the coming of Jesus, that the whole world could rejoice, the new name of our church. Now, I realize some of you are thinking that, can I be joyful right now? Well, I'm going to give you four reasons that you can be joyful, and they get better and better and better. So do not judge me on the first one, which might seem a little bit lame. Uh, okay, uh, number one, we can be joyful because we are alive. Um, this may seem obvious, but it is great to be alive. Hence why I'm the jumping tigger character, it would appear. Uh, we woke up this morning, we breathed in the air. We exist on planet Earth. Um, that is a reason to rejoice. It is a great thing. It is great to be alive at the beginning of a new year. And here's why. Because we're coming to the end of this year, and we can kind of look at it as a close of a chapter. This is how it works for me. It's like some great things happen this year. Maybe some not so great things happen. But next year, it's full of potential. We could do anything. You could have some of your greatest God moments next year. How cool would that be? Is that not a reason enough to be alive and be joyful about it? There's a one or two nods. Uh, we'll work on it. Um, so yeah, no one is, we are alive. It reminds me of my second favorite Christmas movie. And this is a Muppet Christmas Carol. Anyone seen that one? Now, I didn't set this as a challenge, but three people have already texted me today saying they went home and watched the Muppet Christmas Carol since Southside. It wasn't us, Molly, clearly. Um, and in Muppet Christmas Carol, there is a character called Ebenezer Scrooge. If you've read A Christmas Carol, it's the same guy. And he has a journey throughout the movie. And at the beginning, he is kind of mourning his horrible past, mourning his horrible present, and kind of mourning this future that's about to go really wrong. But for me, the kicker, the thing that is the best thing about that movie is on Christmas Day when he wakes up and he realizes he can do it all again and get it right. And he's full of potential, he's full of joy, and he just needs to share that with everybody he comes across. And that's how I feel about it from this kind of biblical joy as well. I have this joy that I'm kind of tigger bound to share with everybody and I'm going to spring around the place and tell you about it. Apologies if that invades personal space. Um, in Acts 17.25, the writer says, and he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he himself gives everyone life and breath and everything else. Life is a gift from God. Life is a gift from God. And it didn't happen by cosmic accident. It didn't happen by pure luck. And we should thank God for our lives. And this is an opportunity to celebrate. We should rejoice because life is a gift from God. So that's number one. So if you take away anything today, there's no, the one easy point. We can be happy because our life is a gift. Number two, we can be joyful because we have plenty. Now, I realize this differs all around the room, but the second reason to be joyful is because we have stuff. Um, if we look at our lives from a world perspective, 
So I've been lucky enough to travel a fair bit uh, with my work. I've been across to places like Tanzania, Ethiopia, Rwanda, and I've seen people who do not have stuff. And I come back and I realize actually how blessed I am. Um, I have a kitchen that has food in it. I have uh, toilets that flush. I have hot water, but please don't tell my Duke of Edinburgh groups. Um, but we live in a world where we're bombarded with wants and desires and comparisons to those all around us. I need that latest MacBook that can do my homework for me, just because I saw it on the TV. Or I need to dress like Shagan because he's good looking and I want to be that person. I didn't want to go down the Molly route, that would have been weird. Okay. Um, church, we are blessed and sometimes we need to challenge ourselves to realize that. We have stuff. I was speaking to Colin, Colin, one of the drummers this morning. You guys know Colin? He normally plays. And he was, uh, he was in one of the flats that caught fire this week in Glasgow. And I've never met such a humble and amazing human being that he's not seen his stuff for a week. It could all be water damaged. And he is still full of joy. He's got people round about him, supporting him. And he could have lost all this stuff, but it's, he's just pushing on. And what I've discovered as part of being Rehope is the people here will have your back. And that's what, if, you, if you're new here, I would recommend get plugged in because they are an amazing group of people. Um, we do a couple of things at Rehope. Um, you do not need to go to Tanzania to make a difference. I promise you that. Just step out the front door. Get involved with things like Project Present. Uh, we speak to Chloe this morning. I think we gave out over 1,000 presents this year. 1,200. That is helping people in need in our city. Um, we do the Back to School Project which is, I'm slightly biased, I think is the most amazing thing ever. I've taught in schools where kids don't have backpacks because they can't afford them, and we are able to help and bless people and give joy. It is it's epic. Um, so let's look at the Bible to back this up a little bit. James 1.17. Yes. Okay. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. You see, every good gift we have is a gift from God. It comes from him. He takes care of us. He puts a roof over our head and provides food for us. But he can also be the God who gives us cool stuff. And even if I was to lose it all, like Colin, I know that the people here that would be able to help me, and that is a gift from God in itself. And that leads me to the third point. They're kind of getting better. So we have life. You're still with me, not kind of drifting off into oblivion of the evening yet. Um, we have stuff. But the third one is one of my personal favorites. We have relationships. We have people. Um, we all know that being alive and having stuff is not enough. We could be the wealthiest person, or I could be, on the planet, but if I have nobody to share that with, nobody to talk to about it, nobody to do life with, it would be awful. Um, the good news is that we have relationships, and that's a reason to be joyful. We're not alone. We have good friends, family members, maybe spouses, um, kids, grandkids, brothers, sisters, and even people you work with. Yes, they can be a blessing to you as well. Um, you have people in your life, and that is a reason to be joyful. You are not trying to get on through it by yourself. Now, it's kind of a, a backhanded one here. Now, I realize Christmas time is potentially the most challenging time to hang out with your family. And some people find hanging out with family at Christmas time quite a stressful thing. I was listening to the radio on the way to service number one this morning. It said one in four people will or can't stand their family by 2.13 on Boxing Day very specific. So if you last 214 uh, on Boxing Day, you're doing well, team. Um, now I realize that, well, why do we have this comment at all? Uh, God designed us for a relationship. 
If we look way back in Genesis, in Genesis 2, uh, Adam has been created by God. He's going around naming everything. So he's like aardvark, albatross, carpet, um, anteater. And clearly he's having a little bit of an issue at this point, stuck on A. And God decides he needs a helper to get on with this a lot better. Uh, It says in Genesis 2.18, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And that is exactly what God did. He created Eve and they were the first humans. Having deep and meaningful relationships makes our life worth living and gives life so much more of its joy. It's not an accident. We're designed that way. Now, I'm slightly biased. I head up BRTs in the South Side, and I think, in, uh, Bible read-through groups, and I think they are one of the coolest and most important things our church does. Um, I don't think I could get through the week if I just bumped into you guys on a Sunday, as lovely as you all are. Um, Bible read-through groups allow us to actually make solid relationships. And if I've just told you that's what gives you all the joy, why would you not want to be part of one? Um, some of my best friendships have been through people I've done church with during the week in a BRT group. People who have prayed for me when I'm feeling low or having real issues. People I can read the Bible with and explore more about God together. That is, uh, for me, it's a life-changing thing. And if you want to hear about that, I've got pretty much a whole BRT group here. Um, speak to Molly or any of our BRT group. They're kind of sitting along a row. There you go, over here. Um, and they will tell you how life-changing being in a read-through group of people can be. And that's where the joy comes in. Um, so an, an unthought-of challenge, join a BRT group this week. Um, speak to Laura or somebody. I don't think your BRT people are here. Um, that leads me up to the final, the fourth one, the top of the tower, the pinnacle, the epic mince pie covered in brandy custard. The bit is the one, okay? Don't know if I've ever compared God to a brandy pie anyway. Um, okay, number four, reasons to be joyful today. And here's, here's the kicker. Um, we can be joyful because we have a relationship with God. If you look at the world out there this week, it is not an overly joyful place. Just look at our elections. People are pretty miserable about everything. Um, to the extent I had to actually stand back from social media because it was freaking me out a little bit. Our world is lacking joy. And why are they lacking joy? Because they haven't got God in their lives. They've got a God-shaped joy hole. It's a weird statement. Um, maybe you've realized this, but all my joys are building up. Life is really good. But if you have stuff, it's better. If you have relationships, it's even better. But if you don't have God, what is the point? Well, that, that's my take on it, at least. Um, you can have joy because you're able to have a relationship with God. You can be lacking in the other three, but if you have a relationship, it can bring more joy than the other three combined. And that is the joy that God was talking about back in Luke chapter 2, where I started. It says, I bring good news that will bring great joy. You're not just going to get a tiny bit of joy. We're not talking like really small mince pie joy. We're talking about whole-size Christmas pudding joy. Can you tell I'm getting a little bit hungry today? (laughs) Um, And basically, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today. Christmas is about sharing good news of great joy to all people. This is one of our most important times of the year as a church, to share that joy with other people. But I wonder, do we know that God wants us to be joyful? Think about that for a minute. Uh, If we go outside there, a lot of people view God like this Old Testament, scary, superhuman, who is beyond our lives, ruling from on high. He created us, maybe disappeared into the universe, but that's not what the Bible says. And we need people in here to be able to tell them that. Um, that actually, it says he wants us to have great joy at Christmas, but 
here's what's even better, not just at Christmas, but for the entire of our life. Surely everybody wants to have joy in their life. Uh, This is one of the messages that Jesus shared. It says in John 15, I have told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. And it's also written right beside that picture over there. It's not that you're going to be filled with joy. It's going to overflow. There's going to be so much joy that it's going to ooze. I love that word, ooze. It's like onomatopoeic. Um, Jesus wants your joy to overflow. God wants you to have a relationship with him that will bring so much joy in your life. God isn't the distant parent. God wants to be close to you. The Christmas story refers to Jesus as Emmanuel. And from what I can see, Emmanuel translates roughly as God with us. And God came to give us great joy. And that's what he wants for you today. And that is why he does all the other stuff to show us the joy we have, not just this Christmas, but for our all lives. So, in closing. So the first Christmas story... How is it that a message of great joy? I'm not talking about Santa, and I'm not talking about presents, but I totally love both of those things too. Um, They're not going to give you great joy. They might give you a little bit of temporary happiness. Uh, What is going to bring great joy for you is the fact that it says in Luke that Jesus is our Savior and that the Savior has come. You and I have this problem, and this problem is called sin. Sin is any time we wander off God's path. Sin is any time we fall short of God's standard. And the reality is, we sin all the time. And why is that so sad? Because it robs us of our joy. And that's why the world is struggling to find joy today. Jesus came to fix our sin and fix our sin problem and fix that inability to feel true joy. He came to earth, just like you saw last week in Nativity. Did you guys have one here? Well, Nativity. Um came to earth, was born in a manger, Um, he grew up, he was then, um, lived a sinless life, he was then crucified on a cross and died three days later, all so we could have a relationship and experience joy. Now, if you trust in Jesus as your savior, you can have that relationship with God. And if you put your faith in it, there is no better way to find joy in your life today. It doesn't matter who won Strictly. It doesn't matter who's king of the jungle. It doesn't matter that Arsenal may never win anything ever again, Shagan. <laughs> but what will bring you joy is having a relationship with God through Jesus. Now, Brian has told me I have to give you challenges, <laughs> which feels like saying homework as a teacher. But anyway, uh, I have three challenges for you today. Number one, if you are a Christian struggling to find joy this... Did I put morning on the thing? Yep, sorry, this evening. Um, I want you to try to take 10 minutes this week and thank God for what you have. This could be stuff. This could be relationships you have. If you can't or don't feel able to find any of those, you're alive. And I thank God that you're alive. So why don't you try thanking God that you're alive too? Um, Number two, if you have never experienced this amazing joy that I'm talking about, the amazing joy that made Alan describe me as Tigger, um, think about putting your trust in Jesus and asking for his help with your life and starting a relationship with him. It will give you joy, I guarantee, and you will not regret it. And finally, as Laura said at the beginning of the service, um, we have a blue Christmas service going on in the South Side on Saturday at 5, Saturday the 21st. And um, it is a completely different service to all the services we've had this Christmas season. There won't be tinsel. 
it will probably be blue. And the reason we're having it on the 21st is that's because it's the darkest day of the year. And you might be feeling like you're going through the darkest day of the year at the moment. And I would just say, come along, just be yourself. There's going to be no pressure. There's going to be no inflicting Christmas upon you. Just come and just spend time with people going through similar stuff and spend some time with the Father. So I'm just going to close in prayer.